Welcome to the Breathe Podcast, where we explore the intersection of faith and creativity. We interview artists from all walks of life to discover how faith plays a role in their art and expression, hoping to encourage you to live a life of creativity and faith. And now, please welcome your co-hosts, Derek Engoy, Christian Mendoza, and Kevin Horton. Yep, yep. Welcome back to the Breathe Faith and Creativity podcast. Welcome back and happy Memorial Day. That's right. May has come and gone. We are officially on the last day of May. June is around the corner. So glad to be with y'all again. I am Derek Engoy representing Torrance, California by way of Carson, Long Beach and Guam, of course, from Cerritos, California. We got Christian Mendoza. What's up, Chris? Yo, yo. Yo, yo. And of course, from Long Beach, California, my old stomping grounds, we got Kevin Horton. Kevin, what's going on? I'm the old (laughs) yo-yo. Duncan. Let's call you Duncan today. How's that? I could say do not or don't (laughs) call me that, but you could. But see, oh, you love my puns, don't you? (laughs) I sure do. And it's such a a wonderful. I gained some pandemic weight, so I almost look like a donut. Well, hey, how how y'all doing? How's this past week been for you guys, Kevin? Uh, other than your donut, uh, (laughs) you're you're dancing with a donut, dirging with a donut. How's, uh, How's your week been? Well, I stepped on a scale, too, and it gave me a message of only one person at a time, please. So then I realized <laughs> that um, it's time to, to um, not get on the scale. You almost said exercise. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, not gonna ex- I'm just not going to get on the scale. <laughs> Isn't that called avoidance? Yeah. Yeah. But other right than on. that, my, my week has been good. Cool. Back to work, like in, in full swing, I assume? Oh, it's so good to hear just people and yeah. and rides and screaming people li- live music they have live music i forgot yeah. how, how much i missed all that <laughs> that's cool how about you chris how's your week been uh it's really cool man it's my mom's birthday 74th birthday so happy birthday to mom up in heaven yeah, yeah. Uh, happy birthday yeah i actually met a future season three interviewee uh jason carrera he's actually from carson high class of 93 carrie joy and john's home See Arson. Yeah, he actually uh, had me go over there and uh, we went to Live Action Nutrition, which is a new gym, a uh, holistic gym out in Carson. And yeah, he's uh, I've assisted him on painting a uh, mural. And the first thing he said to me, he looked at me, he's like, dude, I'm glad you're tall. <laughs> he's like, you're perfect with murals, right? And so, yeah. yeah, listening audience, I'm six foot tall. I'm Filipino. Yeah, total walking. An anomaly. Uh, yeah, for, for real, right? And so, yeah, it's totally chill. Uh, how about you, Derek? Oh, man, this past week was cool. Um, just trigger warning to anyone listening out there. I did have an anxiety attack uh, the Ooh. other day, and it was just weird. And, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I tend to know my triggers, but this one was just kind of blindsided me. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm assuming in hindsight it was, uh, you know, stress of the coffee shop, just trying to figure things out with the city, day to day life. And I think it just, you know, things have been just so up and positive for me over the past really the past few months and i think mm-hmm. it just caught up with me um uh, but you know I, I got through it i i, I was able to process and um you know again yeah. shout outs to cannababe i was able to take some uh cbd capsules and it helped kind of calm me down a little bit uh, and um but yeah man like i said full disclosure that's what that's how my week has been it, it, it was really great and then all of a sudden just out of nowhere uh, um but yeah i'm good man i'm good though uh, uh, other than that yeah yeah it kind of reminds me i mean it's like we're all remember how recess when we're in elementary school and those like couple minutes before recess everyone's kind of like ready to bounce i mean yeah yeah i'm sure they're the same way too and so for them to yeah. just explode and just run on the playground but i mean the earth is everybody's playground so i think maybe your anxiety may have been uh linked to reintegration because dude there's traffic yeah. again you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, we'll get into it later, especially with our interview today and uh-huh. um, with Carmen. And, you know, she talks yeah. about sound healing and maybe it's an imbalance of the vibrations in my life right now. We'll see. But, uh, uh-huh. you know, that that might play a role into it, too, as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, guys. Uh, yeah. We're talking about, yeah, my friend Carmen. And so, Kevin, I mean, let's start off with the icebreaker question. Uh, what's the secret side of you or an alter ego of yours that most people would never guess? 
was or is a major part of who you are. Well, I need only to refer to last week's interview as the storyteller of Blakenstein. That's yeah. my alter. That's that's the part of me that I wanted to hide before, but now mm-hmm. everything like we talked about shadow work, it's enveloped yes. in that character. Comedy is enveloped yeah. in that character. Strength is involved mm-hmm. in that character. Preaching the gospel, mm-hmm. believe it or not, is in, in, enveloped in that character. And so I would say the secret side of me that, or alter ego of yours that most people would never guess is a major part of who I am, uh-huh. that character. Nice. Yeah. How about you, Derek? I mean, what's the secret side of you that uh, people don't really know about? Well, man, that's such a such a great question. And it, it maybe I should tap into this side of me in, in terms of kind of helping out with my mental health. But, uh-huh. you know, I don't talk about it much these days. And, and But it definitely was a big part of my creative journey. Um, and, and to some extent, it really is still today. Um, but I love to bake. Uh-huh. And I love to bake and I love to decorate cakes. And I'm no duff of course from charm city uh, cakes or anything like that oh yeah but, not very but pre- many people are he has his own show <laughs> yeah you know uh and, but i'm pretty good at it i think you know i make my own fondant so mm-hmm. it doesn't taste like it's infused with a ton of chemicals so yeah my my fondant is actually it actually tastes pretty good but i love to design with it i love to decorate cakes using the fondant and molding chocolate um you know i've designed cakes ranging yeah, you know, yeah. ranging from you know pirate theme cakes. I've even designed an R two D two cake that was uh, go Jared three D. You know, I even uh, once made a guitar cake uh, that was a replica of Marissa's Martin acoustic, and so um, it was it was pretty awesome. And, and oh, that's you know, dope. Yeah, and when I'm not using fondant, you know, I cover my cakes in chocolate ganache, and you know, and simply give it that wet, decadent look. So, yeah, I'd say cake baking if you will. And, and design is sort of my secret identity. Mm-hmm. And so like oh, I said, I should, I should tap back into that whenever I'm feeling down. What about you, Chris? What's your uh, alter ego secret? Okay. Identity? So people that know me, right? Like I'm super skinny uh, <laughs> and, and actually my, my alter ego is I actually really like culinary shows. Mm. Uh, I enjoy top chef, master chef. Uh, the one that who really hooked me on, on the culinary shows was, uh, the uh, the late uh, Anthony Bourdain. Oh yeah, you know I always kind of saw myself as a parallel of him. He's kind of like this punk rock intellectual who you know who ties in social issues and life, you know, along with food. And mm. I ended up watching like Taco Chronicles, Asian street <laughs> food. I yeah. mean, and the reason why I like watching it is because food is actually a mirror image of the culture. And right. when you start going to all these different countries, I mean, you've been to the Philippines, Derek. I, I, have you been to Mexico yet, Kevin? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been to Mexico. And, yeah. And so when you look at when you look at the Philippines, I mean, the, the, the buildings are the same. It's just mm-hmm. different people. Or you look yeah. at Jamaica or Cuba and it's basically the same kind of uh, environment. The only difference is people are speaking a different language yep. and people just look a little bit different than Filipinos or Mexicans. And it's pretty cool like that. Yeah. Jamaica's a an amazing place to visit, by the way, if mm-hmm. you ever get a chance to go there. It's, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. So, our, okay, so before we get on to the rest of the show today, uh, don't forget, we do have a brand new Instagram page. And thank you to everyone who's recently connected to us through Instagram. But if you're not following us yet, make sure to check us out for news and updates. Our IG handle is at breathe.podcast and help us out by spreading the word. And of course, I just want to take this time to remind everyone to rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. Please give us a five-star rating. Let us know how we're doing. Show us some love. We all know who you are if you don't do that. <laughs> you can list us some questions you may have. That sounded um, foreboding, didn't it? You can list <laughs> some questions that you have it or address on the show, and we'll do our best to get to them in a timely manner. And make sure you hit that subscribe button to get notifications every time we, we release a new episode. And finally, I want to encourage you to head on over to the Patreon page under Derek Ngoy. And you can specifically support this podcast to cover some of the costs uh, to keep it running. Of course, we are wrapping up season two. But, man, we, we are intending to come back extra strong in season three. So we would love your support. We are now calling you executive producers. There we go. Show. And uh, so, yeah, we have tiers ranging from as low as $1 a month um, to $3 from 10 to 20. And each tier, of course, has its own perks. If you want to hear 
our interviews in its entirety. We have some of those up as well. Hint, hint. Uh, Blake and Stein's Blake Nelson, his interview in its entirety is 90 minutes of amazingness. And so yeah. we'll post those up. And, and three uh, minutes of my dumb jokes. So if you're gonna- <laughs> <laughs> And so if you want to hear all of our interviews in its entirety and its rawness, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Derek Engoy. And hey, ahead of time, we just want to say thank you for the love and support. Okay. And uh, yeah, so for today's episode, I actually decided to invite a complete stranger who actually showed me compassion a couple years back. Actually, before I even, or maybe around the time that we kind of reconnected Derek and then I had mm-hmm. met Kevin shortly after. And I opened up to her and told her some of my personal issues at, at a sound healing event because I'm just like, hey, I need to try anything. Someone suggested it. I actually went and tried it. Yeah, I actually liked it. And what happened was uh, not only did she listen to me, but she looked me in the eyes and gave me a hug and reassured me that everything's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had a pretty tough uh, 2019 and I told myself, I'm like, oh, man, I can't wait for 2020 to happen. It's going to be popping. But unfortunately, (laughs) you know, lockdown came down. But hey, but the good thing is, is we're all we all kept going and we kept doing our thing. But uh, yeah, she was a humanitarian. Uh, helping hand, good neighbor. I mean, biblically, you could call her a good Samaritan. And and Mm -hmm. instantly, I felt at ease from her from the very moment I met her. And yeah, it's my friend Carmen Gray from Austin, Texas. So before we go on to her her, uh, interview, I mean, this is a question I'd like to discuss. So uh, yeah, let's go with uh, you, you, Kevin. Um, So when I say like this lady's from from Texas, right? So people will usually have a, a stereotype that would pop up, you know, oh, she's from Texas. And so people are going to think that, you know, she wears cowboy boots or something like that, or she rides <laughs> a horse. And then if I tell her that she's from Austin, then they're probably going to think she's either some hippie or she works for Dell. But then if I tell you that, you know, what, what's the first thing that you guys think of when I say math teacher or even yoga practitioner, right? Mm-hmm. And so the, 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 the question that I would like to pose to you guys today, I mean, what are your personal opinions on societal labels and politics, pol- political labels, and the role it plays with uh, the community's ability to truly connect? I mean, I mean, and also too, like, what are some of the positives and what are some of the negatives? I mean, did you got anything for us, Kevin? Yes, for as far as societal labels, politics, and the role it plays with the community's ability to truly connect, I say they are polarizing things. Mm. Yes, because no matter what you do, as Think about social media. Uh, it's absolutely polarizing. Yeah. The minute you say something, there's armchair warriors out there and you know who you are. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I yeah. might be one of them. Maybe. <laughs> it says one in three people are, are the armchair warriors. So one, two. So I guess three. I'm the one. <laughs> As they say in the old character, you know, oh, now I wouldn't say that. It was so when I say societal labels, politics, obviously what wherever you are on the political spectrum, everybody once they figure out where you lie, they make assumptions about you. I'll use myself as an example. You people say, Well, you have a limp or you have cerebral palsy, so therefore you must be and then there's a assumption. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I like to say what we said last week with with Blake's Blakenstein is God colors outside the lines. Yeah, I thought about that statement more and more, and about well, if God colors outside the lines, then societal labels don't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Think about that. So I say yes, it's polarizing. They could be true, they could be not, but it. it but we're all guilty of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, Darren? Yeah, you know. Societal labels, you know, they, they do, like you said, Kevin, they, they definitely get a bad rap, especially in an environment where, I don't know, like let's say individual identity is important, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know me, I'm huge on being the best version of yourself, right? Carving out mm-hmm. your unique contribution to society. But labels, on one hand, they do have a way, how, how do I want to say this? Labels have a way of giving us a starting point. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've said this many times, but right, many people always try to live their lives thinking outside of the box. But you can't really think outside of the box until you have a box to think outside of. Or in mm-hmm. the case of last week's interview, you can't color outside of the lines unless you have lines to color outside of. Right. Yeah. Um, so labels that. become that box. 
labels allow us to have a starting point. Like for me, right? I'm a heterosexual male. I'm Filipino American. And that's my starting point, right? Mm -hmm. On the surface, that's who many people will see me. But of course, see me as. But of course, I'm more than that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But the opposite is true, of course. The negative side to societal labels is that they restrict our perception, right? They, they, They create some sort of a barrier in the way that we live our lives, whether unintentionally or intentionally, right? We can, we can look at someone, for example, who lives in a low income neighborhood and mislabel them as having an inferior level of education of someone of the same age, but who lives in a more affluent neighborhood. We make these assumptions because Mm -hmm. of these labels. Um, Right. So I'm a registered Republican and I, and I've been since I was like 18 when I was, you know, old enough to vote and that's uh, because it's what my parents were and that's what i ended up registering as because it's what i know um uh-huh. but when you look at my life especially in my latter years many would assume i'm a democrat or a or a or a libertarian even you know oh uh, totally you know quite frankly i haven't even voted republican since bush won or even you know arnold schwarzenegger here in california you know um and and, and so you know i and, 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 and that's just how it is, right? I mean, at the end of the day, I'd say even politically, I don't know, maybe I'm too liberal to be a Republican and maybe even too conservative to be a Democrat, I guess. You know, it's mm-hmm. like I'm, I have a yeah. political, like, I'm, I'm, I'm houseless, if you will, in the political scheme because, you know, at the end of the day, I'm going to vote for the person I feel who's going to best lead, whether it's our country or city or state, whatever it might be, whether you're a Democrat, Republican, or independent, right? Yeah. Um, Either way, the downside to labels is that they can deter, to your question, Chris, labels can deter us from building strong community because Mm -hmm. of the polarization they tend to cause. And so that's my long form of your answer Uh, and just kind of my thoughts. How about you, Chris? uh, Well, basically, I'll use myself as an example, too. I mean, just like you guys, I mean, once people know that I have bipolar disorder or I'm I'm liberally minded artist, you know, people are going to automatically assume. And so... What happens is we kind of have this whole kind of like with 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 uh, Megan, you had mentioned her, Canababe. Mm-hmm. You know, they automatically assume that she's high all day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and that's totally not the case. I mean, that's the right. reasons for her doing what she does is totally valid. And and what she starts giving people the information of what she's doing it and what she's all about, she's actually helping the community. I mean, like yeah. you know, it's kind of ridiculous how people automatically assume that. Oh, the only people that get high are, you know, this or that and blah, 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 blah. But there's actual legitimate, you know, health reasons for it. I mean, yep. what uh, the other day, I mean, I walked with one of my art students. Uh, we walked to the to El Dorado Nature Center. And so on the way to the nature center from church, there's the El Dorado Park uh, Frisbee Golf and the actual golf course. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. yeah. So people, yeah. So people automatically assume that. You know, oh, frisbee golf is the ultimate stoner sport, and <laughs> and and the golf is actually the stiff sport. You know, on the other side right. of the fence, it's what's crazy is that fence. It's it, it pretty much it it polarizes those two mm-hmm. people, those two yeah. groups. But I'll tell you this: I play golf. There's some of the most vile, chauvinistic stuff <laughs> that people say on the golf course. Yeah, but people think they're cool because they drive a luxury car. They right. let that pass. But then you see some some guy with long, greasy hair throwing a frisbee, and they automatically assume that you know this dude's like scum of the earth, or they're horrible. And it's kind of funny because uh, when I play golf, I'm like I look at the frisbee golfers and I'm, I actually wave at them, hmm. you know. And the frisbee golfers kind of look at the golfers and like, oh, these stiff fools, you know. And and what's kind of crazy is that's. It's totally the opposite of what Jesus is, you know? It's like he's all about bringing people together. These labels kind of stigmatize each other. And, yeah, it puts divisions of it amongst our society. It's a big shame, you yeah. know? It's kind of tough that, that it does that. And people always automatically assume. And it's like, hey, Jesus didn't do that. He's all about inclusion, right? Mm. You know, we talked about it in previous episodes. I mean, you even did a sermon on it. I don't even – I didn't get to even listen to your sermon, but I already know what it's all about because I know you. Yeah. You know, and and it's kind of tough like that. I mean, I don't understand this, but uh, yeah, that's my answer for there. And so now it's my pleasure to actually introduce to you uh, the coolest math teacher in the world who also happens to be a yoga and meditation practitioner who also does sound healing, which we'll get into detail in, in, in the uh, in the interview. 
Uh, and she's also a creative writer of short stories and horror and a poet. And just an all-around good soul and great person from Austin, Texas, my friend, Carmen Gray. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on uh, this episode of the Breathe Podcast, we're continuing our celebration tour. And what was kind of cool is when we initially met, uh, I could feel that I could trust her right from the start. Uh, She was a very warm and caring person and very charming. Yeah, and we've been keeping in touch ever since. Uh, Unfortunately, she lives out in Austin, Texas, but uh, yeah, we've, we've, managed to stay in touch uh one of the the coolest math teacher in the world from austin texas uh my friend carmen gray how are we doing oh good thank you that was such a sweet introduction and i totally (laughs) i totally remember that moment that was so awesome i really felt this strong connection with you when we first met and um i I really trust my instincts when I, when I connect with people like that. And I just knew like, Oh, this guy's really special. He's got something that I connect to. And, um, I love your artwork by the way. So even, oh, thank you. even though we don't see each other on a regular basis, I love to follow your Instagram. And, um, and in fact, of course, those lemons that, that, Oh yeah. The cup was awesome that you made that cup. I was like super touched and I'm like, Whoa, we're still connected despite being hundreds of miles away. Yeah. And yeah, that was really special for me too. Carmen is a, a math teacher, uh, a yoga practitioner, Reiki practitioner, sound healer. I mean, she does everything. She's like the, like the hippie, the coolest hippie scientist. And I wish it, you were actually my next door neighbor because <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of jealous. I'm like, man, I want to go over and visit her sometime. And and I wish, I, you know, you'd be able to come visit us too. But let's go with the icebreaker. So I noticed in the last couple of months, you guys got a schnauzer named Bernie. <laughs> Yours is gray. But we have a, a mini schnauzer and her name is Scarlet and she's brown. And I'm like, ooh, let's set this up. Maybe one of these days, they're about the same age. We, we can breed them. Yeah. So how? So when does the ankle biting stop? I want to know. <laughs> okay. So, you know, it's so gosh, during this, um, during this pandemic, uh, we had, we have an old, well, we had an old schnauzer that we loved. He was, um a white schnauzer and he was, his name was Franklin and he was 15 and probably, I guess it was in October. We had to put him down because he was, Uh, he started, you know, just deteriorating with his health. mm. And um, so we had a, an in-home euthanasia done and it was really sad, but also touching because we got to be with him to say goodbye. And it was Mm. funny because at that point I was like, no, you know, this is it. I, I'm telling you, I cried so much. He was like yeah. a family member and he was, Oh yeah. We, I know the feeling. Yeah. And he was, um, my daughter who is a cancer survivor when she was 13, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. had to go through a lot of, you know, hardship and he was there for her. So there was a lot of emotion and feelings, mm-hmm. you know, when he died and I'm like, okay, no more, and no more puppies, no more dogs ever again. Now it's just, you know, us and the cat, which we Mm -hmm. love our cat, but, um, Mm -hmm. funny enough, fast forward a few months and Mm -hmm. in addition to pandemic, snowvid happens here in Texas, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Which was insane. So basically the, um, we were stuck in February with, I I don't even know, like six to eight inches of snow, no electricity. Mm -hmm. People were at people didn't have water and yeah it was, I saw that. that was really hard so it was like one thing on top of another and so my way of dealing with that was to go out like go out on a hike in our neighborhood with like my poles through the snow yeah. and yeah. on one of those days on the hike well there was a lost puppy so mm-hmm. this lost puppy I grabbed him and when I grabbed him to take him back to his house I just felt so happy and full of joy. And I saw my husband smile and I was like, oh my gosh, we need a puppy again. <laughs> I gave the puppy back, but then I had that, that 
puppy feeling inside and I'm like, mm. we're going to get another puppy. So we got what I call a snowvid pandemic puppy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the same thing, too. I mean, uh, my brother got a puppy. Uh, he had a Yorkshire Terrier. Unfortunately, he kind of had a disease. We had to put him down, too, just recently. And so we had to go ahead and we got another one, too, uh, just to kind of replace that sadness. So we kind of know the feeling where it's animals could provide therapy too right oh they totally do and it's yeah. funny because about a week later my daughter she's 20 now she mm-hmm. loves animals i mean she has two cats she has a lizard and then mm-hmm. she decided well she needed a dog too so she went and got a rescue dog and she's got this giant like <laughs> is it is it a, is that the big dog the it was like a, a german shepherd right yeah it's like a german shepherd mix of some sort and he's got like a brown eye and a blue eye and he's mm-hmm. so sweet well when she first got him you know he hadn't been treated correctly so he was very submissive and scared mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we put him together with the puppy the schnauzer and now they're like best friends and like he's giant and the schnauzer's a little bitty so it's hilarious oh. But before we get into our interview, Carmen, I mean, let's go ahead and give it a brief bio. I mean, you're also a creative writer and a poet, super dynamic personality. I mean, let's go ahead with a brief bio. I mean, who's Carmen Gray? Wow. So that's that's a good question. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, I guess I'm a lot of things, you know. Uh, I've always loved writing. Writing has mm-hmm. been my uh, my expression most mm-hmm. of my life. I also enjoy drawing and, and uh, painting, but I'm not, I never really put as much focus and effort into that avenue mm-hmm. of creativity. I, I put it more into the writing and um, really the writing became a therapy for me during my daughter's cancer journey. Mm-hmm. So I started a blog at that point and um, then let's see, I became a published writer uh, mm. probably a year and a half after the cancer. And, um, it was a very strange serendipitous situation where I reconnected with an old friend from gosh, 20 or something years ago. And now he's a published writer and editor and all this stuff. And he said, Hey, do you happen to know any, uh, female Texas writers of horror? And I was like, gosh, Maybe I could do that. And I'm like, well, I am a writer. I I do tend to do poetry more than anything else. But I'm like, hmm, I could be Mary Shelley. I could be a uh-huh. modern Mary Shelley and write some uh-huh. horror. So I did. I wrote a horror story for um, a collection of uh, uh-huh. of horror horror stories, basically short stories. And mm-hmm. um and it got published and that was really fun. And I got to go on this, you know, tour throughout Texas and mm-hmm. read, do book readings and that type of thing. I do summer camps for children. Oh, nice. Yeah, I teach them meditation and mm-hmm. yoga. So I, I have my hands in a lot of different places, my hands, mm-hmm. mini pies. So anyways. Um, Before we even get into a really personal topic of yours, uh, let's go ahead and go with your social media and your and your uh, and all your social media contacts that you might possibly have. I mean, I know you have like Reiki, sound healing, yoga. I mean, we're going to talk about these in depth a little later, but yeah, let's go ahead and give those uh, contacts. Okay. So um well, so I've got a podcast. It's Yoga Nidra y Meditacion. You can find it on Spotify and you can find it on Anchor. And you know what? Can Is there any way we can just like uh, put a link in? Oh, yeah, we could definitely do that. Uh, what about your your IG and your Facebook? Uh, the Carbon Gray Right? Is it that at Carbon Gray Right? Yeah. So, yeah, my Facebook is just Carmen Gray. And yeah, for my my IG, it's... Um, yeah, Carmen.gray.writes. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, let's go ahead. I mean, you mentioned that you're like your 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 mom's Mexican American. And then and then uh let's go ahead with your like your your ethnicity background and your religion and spirituality. Let's start we're gonna start going into the whole like yoga and sound healing yeah. and the Reiki practices. I would love to to bring those up because I kind of find yoga a physical form of prayer. Yes. So, uh, yeah, let's go with your spirituality background and ethnicity and how that relates to your whole practice of uh, yoga and meditation, the whole thing. 
Well, so, you know, my mother is, like I said, she's Mexican-American. She's what we call here Tejana because she's, Mm -hmm. her ancestors have been in Texas for many, many generations. And so uh, they're both, you know, Spanish and, Mm -hmm. and Indian, which is mestizo. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. um, oh gosh, when she did her, she did her genealogy. She's very big into genealogy and she has Uh always been into it. So, I mean, I remember as a little girl, her taking Mm -hmm. me to the library in downtown Houston and looking up like ancestors on microfiche and information about them. And so we, I've always had a really strong connection with my ancestors through my mother. Um, Uh, And not only has she been very um, active in learning about her ancestors, she's been that way with my father's ancestors as well. mm -hmm. And so my father's side is pretty interesting too, because his, his, his great, great grandfather, mm-hmm. I think it was great, great, gosh, I'm going to have to look that up, but uh-huh. he was from Germany, but he was Jewish and he kept uh-huh. having a thing with these French Catholic women when he came to America and he uh-huh. finally had to convert because, you know, it was like, no, mm-hmm. you need to be Catholic. So uh-huh. that, that family line became Catholic. And then my mother's family was Catholic. So I grew up Catholic. However, I did not stick with that religion um, because I didn't, I didn't like how misogynistic it was. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many great things about it, but there's a lot of things about it I did not connect with. So um, I reconnected with my spirituality in a different way. And the things I did appreciate about the Catholic religion were some of the little nuances, like the infants, mm-hmm. like the little prayers. I mean, I don't know. There's just certain things about it that kept coming back to me. And mm-hmm. I guess my my spirituality was reawakened because I started going, I started connecting to kind of, a, I think my spiritual side, not so much in a religious way, but in a, in a very, in a, in a, in a, it's, it's, it's on a different level. Um, I've always been like a lucid dreamer. I've always had a very, very powerful and vivid dreams. Yes. And sometimes dreams that actually happen later on. Mm-hmm. So I kind of have that, that connection with my subconscious, really strong mm-hmm. connection. And that, be, that just got bigger and more ex- expanded into a, uh, a, a, a different, a different, I, I, I started c- connecting with it more. and one of the ways I connected with it was um, also with my poetry channeling. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like poetry and dreams and all of those things are, are actually just ways to tap into your subconscious. Yes. Like your introspective, uh, the soul, the spirit, like oh. your true inner self. Yeah. I totally understand you. I mean, that's how that's I do you art. Do your art. Exactly. Yes, exactly. exactly. And so I just started to become a lot more, go inward and connect more into my, my soul, my spirit. And as I did that, I saw that I could do that. I could see that in other people and do that with other Mm -hmm. people as well. And, um, and the Reiki was another, Mm -hmm. another path to get there because I was like, it was just came so naturally to me to like, okay, I can Uh. connect with another person's energy field and really connect with what's happening to them and with, with, with them and with their, with their ancestors, with their past and what's happening in their lives. How do you find like the writing healing and, and how do you find it as a spiritual practice for you? Cause I could tell that you're it's, it's familial and it's also very expressive and healing and spiritual all at the same time, you know, at least from your, for, you know, from, that's how I see your writing. Thank you. Well, um, I just, you know, it's, it's funny because it just has to, a lot of it happens. Like I'll have a dream. I'll have a really, really vivid dream and I'll wake up and I always have like journals sitting next to my nightstand with pen uh-huh. or pens. And I always write them down because I feel like, uh-huh. okay, wow, that was an amazing dream. I'm going to write that down. And a lot of ideas come from my dreams. 
Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of stories too. I'm also probably a little ADD and I'm one of those uh, people who dreams like my husband cracks me up. He's more like mm-hmm. hyper and I'm more dreamy. So, you know, I'll be like uh-huh. often la la land thinking about things, but in my la la land is where I'm coming up with ideas. You know, there's all yes. things happening. There's stories and characters or I'll see mm-hmm. a bird or I'll see a flower. And all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, I, I've got to write about that. Or I, 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 you know, that's making me think about this. And then I'm thinking about that. And that's kind uh-huh. of my process. And, and also when it comes to the stories that I've written, that I've had, I've published, I always try to make them like every, everything I've published, it has to do, I usually try to somehow weave in there a social justice message. So my first mm-hmm. story that was published had to do with um, sex trafficking. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's funny because I remember when I sent it in, they were like, well, we're not sure this is a horror story. And I'm like, well, that mm-hmm. is definitely a horror story to me. And then of course they were like, yeah, it is. It's, it's mm-hmm. like, a like in that story, the human being is the monster. It's not some yes. fictional thing that's created. It's us, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the second story that I wrote that was a horror story that was published was about ICE mm-hmm. and about uh-huh. immigration. And uh-huh. it, it, so I always try to throw something like that into it just because I feel, you know, that, I want there to be a message. I don't want it to mm-hmm. just be entertainment. I want there to be a message in there as well. Oh, I feel you on that. Uh, so let's go with yoga. I mean, let's talk about that a little more in depth because I know you're super passionate about it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've done a few. I, I find it like a form of physical prayer and I find it's a perfect balance of meditation and prayer and just getting the balance and the oneness within the self. I mean, you're actually trying to balance your, you're focusing on your breathing, your circulation. Um, like how, how, how was, uh, like what's yoga all about for you? Well, you know, I started getting into, I I've always been really big into exercise. Um, but I'm not a, uh, I don't like jogging. I don't like I don't like jumping and jostling around everywhere. (laughs) So what my form of exercise was always um, like when I was really little, I did gymnastics for a bit. Then I was, Mm -hmm. I was, I did dance for a little while. And then when I got into, I guess when I was probably in my twenties is when I got into yoga and I was like, you know, I really like this because it's calm, but it's also challenging. And I like Mm -hmm. that combination. Um, And so I've, I've done all kinds of yoga. I've done Ashtanga. I've done uh, yoga nidra. I've done um, Kundalini, which is a really neat mm-hmm. practice. Um, I have also done the, you know, just the Hatha yoga. Um, uh, for me nowadays, I just like to do, you know, the, the yoga, the Hatha yoga. I liked the restorative yoga. I like mm-hmm. them, the more meditative yoga, like the yoga nidra. Mm-hmm. Um, if I really feel like going crazy and stretching out, I'll do, you know, some of the, the more advanced poses to make sure I can still do those. Yeah. But, um, so, but yoga to me is a, it's, I love the practice of yoga because it's, mm-hmm. it's just as a dancer, as a person who's always been very limber with their body mm-hmm. to me, I love the, the, the Hatha yoga. And I feel mm-hmm. like it's very, um, it's very, it's also a mindful practice because you have yes. to be very focused. It's really good for your attention. You know, if yes. you want to work on I've, it, I've noticed that too. Yeah. If you want to work on being more attentive to your body, to your world, yoga is a great way to do it. Um, so that's what I, that's why I've always been into it. And I love teaching it to students. My students enjoy it. Um, you know, especially if you're teaching all day long, you get to the end of the day, the kids are tired, you're tired after lunch, mm-hmm. you need to kind of refresh, regroup, re mm-hmm. reset the button. And we, uh-huh. we would do that with a short mindful meditation. Um, and when the pandemic hit, you know, in March last year, not this year, but last year, mm-hmm. it was, I mean, if you think it was hard for adults, imagine being a child you know, yeah. they're asking me what's happening and I have no answers for them. You know, yeah. Miss Gray, uh-huh. why are we all of a sudden on a computer with you? And so mm-hmm. my approach 
that that during that time was, you know what, uh, we're going to have to let some of these academics go out the door right now. And we're going to have to work on just some regulation of emotions because let's talk about Maslow's hierarchy. You can't, you can't learn if you don't feel safe and comfortable. You have, to, yes. you have to have those needs met, you know? So- well, yeah. We're, we're basically a product of our environment. Absolutely. And if it's a good environment, we yeah. could do good, but if it's a bad one, you know, you get to see the ugliest sides of, of who we are as people. Absolutely. So yeah, I definitely integrate the mindfulness and the yoga, the meditation into the classroom because, you know, children need that. And they need that even more nowadays than ever, because our world that we live in is, there's a lot of instability. There's a lot of stress going on. I mean, guns. (laughs) Oh yeah, I know. When everyone started buying guns, I'm like, oh wow. Okay. Um, it's serious now, right? In like the first oh couple months. Gosh, I mean, like, yeah. okay, so yeah. that and toilet paper, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you look back at it, you're like, "Geez, come on, people, we're gonna." Oh, yeah. Nice. Now, this is the one thing that's kind of experimental, and why I'm kind of glad you're here is the is sound healing. Yeah. You know the crystal bowls and the Buddhist the- bells because. That's something where people are like, what are these fools doing? <laughs> like, you know, the general public's like, we're just getting used to yoga here. We're like, ho, ho, ho. Or it's kind of like, hey, we're just getting used to Chinese food. Now you're going to throw Vietnamese <laughs> anti food. Like, oh, oh, hold on. And so, you know, of course, it's going to be like the new kid in class. They got to kind of earn their stripes. So sound healing was awesome for me. When I, I've only done it a couple of times. Uh, I even practiced with you yourself. Yeah. Even And then. um but I find it just like yoga, rather than it being a physical form of prayer, I find it like an audio version of yoga yeah. or an audio version of, or a sonic form of, of prayer. I mean, what's what's sound healing? <laughs> the the sound healing, what it does is it it really does change your your it, it reaches the brain waves and it mm-hmm. it helps you get into a theta state. Mm-hmm. So you're in a, vo- a more relaxed, dreamy mm-hmm. state of mind. And so it helps, yes. it helps to get you there quickly. And the reason I really like it is because people who have a hard time meditating um, in a more traditional way. Yes, it's hard sometimes to silence the mind. Right. And so people who have a hard time, like, okay, I cannot just sit quietly. You know, I can't just maybe they need a little bit more guidance and maybe mm-hmm. they need more than just a person telling them with a voice and yes. they need just the sound because sound is also universal. So you mm-hmm. don't even have to speak the same language. In order yes. To that's what I love about it. Yes. Yes. And so the crystal bowls, you know, the, the Tibetan metal bowls, I've got, well, here I've got my Koshi bell. Yeah. But but there there's science behind it too. I mean yes. there's actual scientific evidence mm-hmm. showing that it really does um calm down the nervous system. And so it's mm-hmm. just another to me it's just like adding something in to a practice that I already believe in, I already know is helpful not just to me but for other people as well. Um, and it's just like, oh, it's just like icing on the cake. Like, oh, I'll just add this in. And it's just another mm-hmm. tool to help you regulate your mo- your emotions, become more mindful. Yeah. I mean, I've done uh, Bible studies where we're actually doing meditation and they're like, and we would try to do it for two minutes. And everyone's like, oh, it's so hard. I'm <laughs> like, man, there's, there's some yoga or there's some, uh, there's some Buddhist monk going, man, I meditate for two minutes in between my spoonfuls of, you know, oatmeal, you know? And so they could do it so easy. Right. And it just shows you how busy the Western world is and the Western mind is. It's like, we have so many things in our head and it's like, we can't clear it out. And so I believe that that whole practice like that, uh, and then we're going to get into Reiki as well. I mean, all those things, they're all just there to just relax you keep you centered, keep you balanced. And yeah, you're right. I like the fact that there is no language, you know, with the sound healing. I mean, right. Because the different bowls have our different notes, right. And yes, there, so they, 
they definitely exactly it's just incredible and also you you can use the drums which i have as well the different Mm. drums that have different tones as well it's it's incredible um it truly is and i just think that any way that we can we can help create a more compassionate and mindful society is is wonderful oh man i have some friends for you to meet <laughs> no, the actually the lady we just we just uh interviewed, she's an LMF or LMFT, but oh. she also incorporates sound healing and meditations as well. I mean, she's basically saying the same things that you were talking about with the theta mind state. Yeah. I guess when you start to take care of yourself with self-care mm-hmm. and start to regulate your emotions and center yourself, then you are going to be out in the world as a better person, a better functioning yeah. human being for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, yeah. it all starts with that. Like everybody could mm-hmm. just take a little bit of time to take care of themselves. And if we would allow for that, we would all be in a much better place. Yeah, it's uh, filling your own cup Yep. without having to get it from external sources. And if you have that self-love, then man, you're giving everybody, not only are you doing yourself a service by giving yourself the best, you know, yeah, uh, best version of you, you're giving the rest of the world the best version of you as well. And you're easily, you're smiling a lot more. Yes. It's more contagious and everybody just has good energy. And that's what it's all about. So let's go with one last question before we we get into uh, the lightning round, you know, <laughs> we're going to blast you with some lightning, right? How important is it to you, Carmen, to have personally cultivating activities, you know, such as writing, teaching, yoga, sound healing, and Reiki? I mean, how how important is that to you? And, and how would you encourage that for another person who might be thinking to do the same? Gosh, those things are so important to me because they, like like we've just been talking about, they help mm-hmm. me. They help me yeah. handle the everyday stress that happens mm-hmm. in every person's mm-hmm. life, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it helps me um, just wake up in a better mood, work, work in a better mood and mm-hmm. uh, see the world in a better way. Um, and... I think like anything, it's a practice, anything is a practice, anything, you know, whether it's, whether you're on a diet, whether you're exercising, whether you're, you know, studying for, to, to achieve some, some sort of certificate in your life, Mm -hmm. it's, you just have to incorporate it into your daily life. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, when, when I was training for Reiki several years ago, it was funny because I went to all this training and it's like anything else people come away with it and they either decide, well, I'm going to use this or I'm just going to, you know, put it in my little bucket of like, I have a Reiki certification. Well, that's great. Mm -hmm. But if you don't use it, it's Mm -hmm. it's like, it's like Spanish. It's like my, my Mm -hmm. second language. If I don't use it, I'm not, I'm going to lose it. (laughs) You know, I want to, I want to keep it and, and and like a plant, like a garden and, and water it and nurture it and keep it as a part of who I am. Yeah, that's cool. So let's go with, uh, so are you ready for this lightning round? It's a bunch of 10 one word or 10 really short uh, answer questions. You'll have one of two choices just to get to kind of let, uh, let the audience get to know you better. So are you ready? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You should be, it's not too bad. Okay. So here we go. Los Angeles or New York? Mm, New York. Cats or dogs? Oh gosh. Cats. Beignets or churros? Churros. Okay. Italian food or Texas barbecue? Oh, these are hard. <laughs> I would be Italian food because I'm uh, a carb queen. Okay. Okay. We're talking in the 1980s. Hairspray or mousse? Oh, hairspray for sure. Oh, you're all about the CFCs, right? Okay. <laughs> well, we're talking about, okay, we're going to stick with the Austin theme. We're talking South by Southwest, movie, movies or music? Oh my gosh. That's really hard. I like the music. Okay. Gardening or hiking? Ah, what? This is so hard. 
gardening. Okay. Airbnb or hotel? Airbnb. Okay. Writing a book or reciting a poem? Writing a book. Okay. Teaching math or teaching yoga? <sighs> teaching math. Okay. And the last one, community or community? What? The last one is what? Community or community. Thing community, right? Yeah, because we're all one. We're all one energy, right? We're all coming from the same source, and we're all part of the same spirit, right, Carmen? We are. Oh my God, those were hard. I don't like how I had to choose one or the other. Oh, so that uh, so I shouldn't be a lightning round teacher. <laughs> oh. I feel like I'm. I feel like I can't commit to to all of like one or just the other. I love cats. I love dogs. I love. Cats, yeah. I love yoga. I don't know. Oh, I know. But it's all good, though. Uh, <laughs> but thank you again, Carmen. And uh, thank you so much. It was great talking to you. All right. And we're done with the interview. And yeah. So what are some of the key points that you guys like to uh, to talk about? Let's go with you, Kevin. Let's start with you. I think Carmen just like my next door neighbor. Like I, I could sit and talk with her for hours. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Everything she was saying, I, again, I'm like, I can agree with that. I can, can agree with that. I can agree with, <laughs> agree with that. I can yeah. agree with that. And and it, it's just every point she said, I was like, I, yep, yep. How about you, Derek? You know, like you, Kevin. I thought that entire interview was pretty fascinating, especially with all the facets of life mm. that. Carmen has her hands in, uh, right. Like you mentioned at the beginning, right. In her introduction, right. From writing, uh, writing, not just reciting poetry and writing poetry, but even writing horror. Right. I Mm -hmm. know which you could jive well with, uh, Kevin, but from there to to my ears perked up when I heard that, I was like, right. (laughs) Um, you know, she talked about like how she's into yoga and Reiki, but and I know we talked a little bit about it with Ceci, but uh, I was very intrigued, and I still am, obviously, intrigued by the concept of sound healing. Yeah. Um, you know, I know that sound healing isn't solely about music because at the core it deals with vibrations, whether yes. via nature or instrumentations. But sound healing is a prime example, for instance, of how powerful music can be, especially yes. toward our healing and how healing – music can be to our inner person right example um, um, drum therapy right uh-huh you got drum circles as well yeah um and of course the vibrations that music tends to produce when you factor in like the syncopation and melodic movement of a composition mm-hmm. it's really really fascinating and like and i'm gonna get scientific a little bit right from what i know about sound healing and just you know just just humanity as a whole right so mm-hmm. when you think about let's say quantum physics for example um, right, the atoms that make up all of matter have these subatomic particles. And scientists, of course, have discovered long, long, long time ago yeah. that these subatomic particles continually vibrate at certain mm. frequencies. Yeah. Uh, and, and when you think about that, that means our entire bodies are mm. musical instruments if you want to couch it in that kind of yeah. illustration. And, and really from a scientific perspective, though, the entire universe – is just a consequence of the vibrating fields of our reality. And so here's where the music comes in, right? It's 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 been proven that our thoughts and feelings they produce energy which mm-hmm. in turn also trigger vibrations and yeah. and you know everything in life vibrates at a different level, right? Including our feelings and what that really means is that and this is huge for the three of us and many of our guests mm-hmm. this past season when it comes to mental health. Um you know as everything vibrates that means that the emotions that we consider uncomfortable or unpleasant, they mm-hmm. vibrate at relatively low levels. Yes. And then the opposite is true, right? Our emotions that most people find pleasant and joyful, they vibrate at higher levels. And Yeah. And so when you think about music, the, the music that we listen to, right, your upbeat, playful songs, they usually elicit joy and happiness. But, mm-hmm. you know, your more slowed down, dark songs, they tend to bring up emotions of sadness and struggle. And so, you know, I mean, there's so much... That's above my pay grade when it comes to sound healing. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the surface level understanding of sound healing is fascinating to me. And and, and I, I just thought that was one aspect of Carmen's life that I was just like, oh, wow. I'm just, I was so like intrigued by and, and, uh-huh. 
Yeah. How about you? What what are some? Uh, of- check this out. So season three, I forget somebody that actually does sound healing, and I'm gonna actually interview her in more in depth about it. We're gonna have Ceci on next season too, and I'm sure she's gonna get into it too. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's one of those things where. Uh, the thing that I like about her is she's just total dreamer. And yeah. Yeah. She's talking about, oh, when I see birds or lights or or a river, I just get inspired and I want to write about it. And that's kind of I guess that was the vibrations that we had between each other. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And like she likes to write about, you know, horror. Well, and another thing that I like about is how when she would write about horror, she was writing about human issues because yeah. sometimes humans are scary. Mm-hmm. You know, with the ice and the humic trafficking. I mean, we used to even write songs about that back in the day in the band, yeah. you know, yeah. and and yeah, sometimes we're the devil, you know, that ugly voice inside or sometimes it's the environment that makes us that way. And so uh, to be able to point that out instead of making some fictitious monster, hey, sometimes we're a monster, yeah. you know, humanity is. So uh, was there anything else, Kevin, that you brought uh, that she? Well, two things. First thing is her daughter or someone in her family is a cancer survivor. Mm -hmm. Yes, the daughter. Yeah. That immediately I I felt emotionally attached to her just because that that is so. First of all, it's so draining to go through that. Mm -hmm. Emotionally draining. Especially when you're a caregiver for somebody else, your your entire being is consumed with their care. So you have to do self-care as much as you can mm-hmm. get away or, and so for somebody to, to navigate that, she is well-equipped to help somebody else that has, has to walk that same pathway mm-hmm. as all, all three of us have been where we could say to somebody else, you know, I've been there mm-hmm. and then you're able to help them. And then the, the other thing is you had mentioned about writing for horror uh-huh. I was thinking as she was talking, what made her story so believable and, and sellable? And I think what made Stephen King's stories believable and mm. sellable? And I think they're the same thing. Mm-hmm. Stephen King takes our fears yeah. or normal things and then puts it into a what-if situation. And so I really almost applauded her when she said, I started taking real things and writing about it. And that became the scary part of it. Mm -hmm. I thought that's really thinking outside the box. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, Anything else about you or for you, Derek? Yeah. You know, she, she also suggested, and you know, for those who want to be more uh, attentive to the body and to the world around us, she suggested yoga is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a tremendous nugget of wisdom in that specifically the part of being attentive, right? We live in such a fast paced world that many of us don't know how to slow down. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or maybe I'd say yeah. it this way that many of us, because of how life has become, many of us don't intentionally want to slow down. And I think we've come to a place where if we allowed ourselves to slow down, there's something inside of us that maybe we'll feel left out because mm-hmm. of how fast the world is spinning, right? FOMO yeah. is a huge thing for many people, right? The fear mm-hmm. of missing out. And I think that's why many of us, we check our socials so many times during the day because we don't want to miss out. Right? We generally don't want to miss out on things. We, we want to yeah. know the latest news headings, right? We want to be the first person to post the most intriguing trend of the week. Um, and so we don't allow ourselves to slow down maybe because of that. And when we are attentive to our bodies and to the world around us, it truly forces us to slow down. And, you know, it, it truly is important to pay attention to ourselves and to our surroundings. And if yoga is a means toward that end, then it's a good thing. And, you know, I know that a lot of, and let me, let me, <laughs> to go back to your icebreaker question, Chris, let me, uh-huh. let me bring in a label here, right? So to yeah. the ultra, to the ultra conservative Christian, yoga is kind of like a, a, a demonic thing. You know, yeah. and I've heard that in conversations, but I've heard it I mean, too. you know, I'm, I'm not going to lean toward that, that it, it's rooted in the demonic. Right. Um, and I think we've conversed about this early on in the season. It's my whole argument with Enneagrams and astrology. Why is uh-huh. Enneagrams so accepted in Christian circles and not astrology? They're both rooted in the study of the stars. And if yeah. you want to get even deeper, I mean, it was the three folks who followed the stars to Jesus. So come on now. Like, you know, yeah. there's a long history. There's a long biblical history 
of studying the stars. There's a long biblical history. And, and, and again, I think because we're here in America, we see religion through the Western lens, not realizing that we follow an Eastern religion, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so there are many tools to help us slow down to get back to what I was saying, but you know, this is an avenue in, in yoga. It allows mm-hmm. us to understand our physiology and even to know our limits. And so, you know, I think that's another thing that really stood out. Uh, maybe not so much again, I think yoga is important, um, and, and if that's the direction you want to go to center yourself, to exercise, then yeah, you know, I'm all for it. But I think the fact that what stood out for me was that idea of being more attentive to the body and more attentive to the world around you. And you know, I just think that we as society should could do a better job at that. And you know, again, to to kind of bookend, you know, our conversation. That you know, because of the labels that we have and how polarizing they can be, I think if we were if we were more attentive, I think that mm-hmm. the polarization wouldn't be such a negative thing. I think we would all be able to come to the table and have different opinions and different beliefs and still be okay to be mm-hmm. around one another. And so, yeah, I just and again, you can tie it back to what I said earlier about the vibrations in terms of sound healing. But I mean, yeah. there's a, the whole connectivity there, yeah. Yeah, uh, one of the things that I like about her is she's just a really awesome teacher uh, because she actually has her students, when they go on to junior high, mm-hmm. they actually still write her letters because they love her so much. And when they That's get a awesome. new teacher, they realize how good she was. And right. yeah, and then during the pandemic, uh, early stages of it, she, you know, she has compassion for these kids. Mm-hmm. And these kids actually, they love her so much that they're like, hey, Miss Gray, can we can we do meditation? You know, uh, you know, after lunch, or can we? Can you explain us to what's happening? And she's all about creating that perfect environment for her kids because she realizes and understands the importance of environment and how it enhances uh, these kids to learn as much as they possibly can. Yeah. And that's the one thing I like about her too. I mean, we didn't even talk about a profession. We're both focusing on like the yoga <laughs> and the writing, but dude, she's yeah. an awesome teacher as well. Yeah, uh, Kevin. Anything else? Last thoughts? Well, a couple of things I was thinking about was you talk about paying attention to your body, mm-hmm. and I, I liked also how Derek was talking about people wanting to not miss out, so they're they're constantly on the go. And one thing, my doctor, Doctor Granuba, I dare I threw in, I name threw his name out. <laughs> he, I've known him for over twenty plus years, and what he tells me is when when you get sick. He mm-hmm. said, stay home and tend to your body because if you don't, your body will force you to pay attention to it. And I thought mm-hmm. about that is, you know, you've got something going on. Your body says, you're not feeling good. You should stay home and rest. No, I got to go. He said, mm-hmm. you're gonna, your body's going to flatten you. Yeah. You, where you're forced, you get the fever, then you're flat in your face and then you're forced to understand that that you needed to take care of yourself. And something else that Derek talked about years ago that I really was a new uh, revelation for me was it's okay to rest. Mm -hmm. It's okay to have that one day where one day or two days where you just said, you know what? I'm going to have a me day. I'm going to just lay around and sleep. And you, you don't realize how much you need that until you do it. You realize you need to disconnect and I'm holding up my phone because I have friends that I, I feel like I swear this thing is connected to their side because any waking moment they're on there checking it, checking mm-hmm. it, checking mm-hmm. it. And I, I think we're over stimulated. Yep. Yeah. So every chance you can't where you where you can pull away and stare at a hummingbird for 20 seconds. <laughs> If the hummingbird will stay in one place for 20 seconds. And then the, <laughs> the more important thing is what if the hummingbird stares back at you? Then you're, uh, no. then it's kind of like mm-hmm. a showdown and who's going to win. <laughs> yeah. So my, one of my last thoughts is it's like, what I truly love about this podcast is that, uh, yeah, we destroy stereotypes uh, mm-hmm. over here. Yeah. And in a way we're kind of like the social and the spiritual version of Mythbusters. And I just like that she's very compassionate to the to the community. She's very humanitarian. I mean, uh, she was helping with the water situation, you know, when when Texas was having issues with uh, oh, clean right. water. 
mm-hmm. she was also uh, helping the homeless. And so, you know, uh, yeah, there's just good. She's just a good person all around, very compassionate, very loving. And I mean, it totally was evident when I first met her. You know, I've only met her once. But yet we have this connection. I mean, we follow each other through social media. I mean, I had a, 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 a painting of some lemons. I mean, she's like, oh, I like those. She puts it and makes her own coffee cup, tea cup, you know, with my, yeah. my, my picture of the lemons on it, you know. And so she's just a really nice lady. And I just, yeah, it's like I wish she would live next door to me too, you know. So thank you, Carmen. Yeah, thanks, Carmen, for jumping on. And there it is, folks. As we said at the beginning of the show, May has come and gone. Happy Memorial Day for those who have loved ones who gave their lives fighting for our country. We salute yeah. you. We honor you for what you've done. Thank uh, you, Yeah. And, and so thanks again for serving our country. You gave your lives for, to you know so that we could have the lives that we have today. And so we don't take that for granted. So thank you so much. And thank you guys for listening to our show week in and week out. Uh, thanks again for tuning in this week don't forget to rate and review our podcast make sure to hit the subscribe button we'll see you on instagram and over at our patreon page and as we say every single week until next time be the light extend your hand in love and make peace with someone this upcoming week stay blessed and we will catch you next time peace